1: Log Talk Radio. Call the, call mm-hmm. you know, the, call the, call
0: the, almost watched the, second the, big house this weekend,
1: the, 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 so, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, in the booth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mister, like the mere kind of a uh, football. Okay. Greg Scaldo, TJ
0: Hogan here. We're now being joined by friend of show Devon Wilson of Real
1: Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon?
0: The cool. All right. We are here with another edition of Hustle and Flows. Seku, how am I sounding? I'm using a new mic today. How is this how is it sound so far?
1: Sounds good to me. How do I sound?
0: You sound good. You sound good. I think we're ready to roll right. we're ready to roll.
1: How are you doing tonight, brother? <laughs> uh uh. Uh, I, I, that's, a trick, that's a trick question. Drink, yeah. That's a trick question. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> I have not had a drink yet, but it's uh, it poured. It's just waiting.
0: I do. Uh, the I Knicks. Do. I just finished the more. Knicks
1: are about to officially be done. I don't know if, if we've gone final, but um, to to lose to Trey Young to lose in the Garden, it's uh it's a nightmare. Uh, this is I probably won't go to sleep till like three o'clock tonight. So. <laughs> best, best to do a pod and hopefully take my mind somewhat off of it. It's, it's, it's a, it's not unexpected, but it's still, it still sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this could be a little bit therapeutic for you because we are going to talk about the mix for a little bit. So maybe we can, maybe we can talk about, give you some optimism and some hope because there are some good things going on with that squad. Uh, so we got a few things lined up for y'all uh, for this listen uh, for those of y'all that are, that are going to check out this pod. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, first half of the year, album releases, um, what's, what's popping, what's been good, what's not been good. Um, some big releases of late, um, maybe some under-the-radar releases that have been pretty solid that we'll bring up. Uh, we're going to talk about your favorite rapper, favorite rapper. Uh, a top five list um, based on rapper's top five. So um, we're going we're gonna to dig into that. Um, and then we're going to talk some NBA playoffs Uh And I think we'll start with the playoffs and then get into the music, Um, especially with, again, things wrapping up for the Knicks. Um, They're down 16 right now with about 250 left. How have you been feeling about this this season for the the Knicks and the franchise? How are you feeling about everything?
1: So it was all good just a week ago. It was literally all good (laughs) just a week ago. I was just excited, happy. Sky's the limit, you know, little uh, ragtag team. Um, so, all the positives. This team was set up in the 22 games by all the betting lines. We were supposed to be bad. I thought, I remember, I look back, and I think, I guess, we would win maybe 34 games, maybe. And that was, like, my highest estimate. They ended up winning 41. So, overperformed, Julius, Great. RJ took big steps. Like, the team has an identity. Tibbs has them playing defense. They feel and they look like a 90s, early 2000s, pre-Isaiah, Nick team. So, I love the room for them. I love the team. I love the ethos. Everything was great. End of game two, I was willing to take a bullet for this team. (laughs) Uh, And then they just proceeded to lose three straight games and get just – Molly whopped out of the playoffs. So we have, we have gaps. I mean, the, the team is still not as talented as Atlanta was. I just thought they'd have more fight. So they, they have some holes to fill. But we knew that already. So I'm, I'm trying to focus on the positive, which is the Knicks are decent. And you got to be decent before you can be really good. And so I'll take decent.
0: And, you know, oftentimes you hear people say the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Like when you when you a, a playoff game in the garden, man, it's just. And I, I texted this. I texted you this. Like
1: yeah.
0: I had forgot how much I miss fans, and I was before yeah. fans start acting a fool. <laughs> this was more about act, <laughs> acting their shoe size instead of acting their age. Um, but just just the energy in the garden during the playoff game, uh is is just something else, man, and you forget because the Knicks have been so spotty for so long, you just forget what that feels like, even as a fan just watching it. And man, it's nothing yeah. like that, man. So I mean, what I will say is I like I look at this team and I see a lot of the evolution that the Bucks have been going through and are still going through. Um yeah. and you know, where they have a style and that's the first step. To me, that's always the first step is being able to say, this is what we do, this is who we are. Once yeah. you can do that, then the next thing is figuring out how to win doing that. And they figured out how to win doing that, which is a, which is a plus. That's something you can take into the offseason to feel good about. Um, yeah. But I think where they remind me of the Bucks a couple of years ago is that they very much got through the regular season just out hustling people and outworking people. And having a scrappy, tough, defensive minded style. And that is great during the regular season, but they were pretty one dimensional offensively. <clears throat> they were pretty they were kind of a one note offense. Um and yeah. that's what the Bucks were for and I mean, and even this year, they're starting to, you know, flesh things out and add some different layers to what they're doing offensively. Um but that's what I saw when I watched the Knicks. I was like, Ah, okay. They just need to. They just need to flesh this out a little bit. But they have the skeleton is there, right? They just got to put some meat and some muscle on it um, to really make it go. In this first run, they're going to learn a lot. The organization is going to learn a lot about what they need. And sometimes you got to get in there and take one on the chin, or take a, you know, take one where you think you should have won it, just to see where the holes are. And that's what that's the crucible of the playoffs, man. That's what the playoff. That's what I love about the playoffs is that it's gonna separate, you know, the platinum from the white gold <laughs> as Jim was saying. <laughs> the four so,
1: to the four point yeah. sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So and, and they got some good pieces, you know, watching from afar, again, I'm not as in tune as you are. But watching from and I I can't stand Trey Yeah, and I was just talking to my wife about yeah. this. I don't know. He just bowed on my television screen. This is why after hitting the three <laughs> and getting yeah. fouled. I don't know why I, I don't like him.
1: <laughs> his game is, is well, for, his game is not really likable. He's he's the kind of guy. He's on your team. You love all the, the hunting for fouls, and you know the the showboaty stuff he does. I could see if he was on my squad, I would just ride for the dude. But he's just not likable, and he loves playing a villain. And this this is probably why it hurts the most. And I got to say, listening to Reggie Miller call the game with Trey Young carving up the Knicks was just like a, the eighth <laughs> ring in hell for me because you could tell Reggie just loved this. He was like, oh, I remember doing this, just coming into the garden and silencing people with just, you know, a team that's a little more talented, but I'm just putting dagger after dagger in them. And so um, he, he, got, he loves playing a villain. And he knows how to get under your skin, and so it's. I was looking forward to seeing them get just tr- trucked by Philly, but now with Embiid out, yeah, they got they, they they have a chance now. If they end up in their conference final, I'm just gonna be like, what what the hell, man? Yeah. I, I'm not gonna yeah. be able to watch that. I can tell you right now, I will not watch an Atlanta Hawks team play in the conference finals.
0: I'm out. Yeah, I dig it. I, I don't think a lot of the country will watch. Um, I think the Bucks and uh, <laughs> Nets will be viewed as the conference final.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what people are just hoping for, which which is fine by me. So speaking of your Bucks, yeah. how are you how are you feeling? They're they're just sitting home waiting. They didn't play with their food. They're just sitting home waiting. Uh, yeah, waiting for the as, next yeah, say, They didn't
0: play with their food.
1: Um, you know,
0: <laughs> watching this watching this Bucks team grow throughout the season. Um, I really – I like the moves that they made during the off season, you know, before the season started. I said, okay, I like what they have done. I still need to see it. And the difference between this team and the previous teams – and, you know, I was kind of like iffy on the previous teams. Every time – you'd be like, what do you think? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they got a great record, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, it was, again, it was kind of like Luther's curl. It was just kind of like
1: – it just wasn't <laughs> quite, quite right. <laughs> wasn't
0: quite turning over like it needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this team – throughout the regular season, I think the biggest thing was obviously adding Drew Holiday, but the ancillary pieces of, you know, Portis and Brent Forbes and P.J. Tucker bringing in a like that that just gave the team some versatility. The biggest thing was that they had to find a way to get to the point where they could play Giannis at the five a little bit. And once they could do Mm -hmm. that, then they had to – then they were able to unleash the whole package on people, and then it was just about Bud being willing to do some different things offensively. Um, instead of putting Giannis at the top of the key all the daggone time, um, you know, because that's just not who he is. Like he, he's that's just that's just not his skill set. And I see some of that with Randall where it's like I get the ISO game and that might work during a regular season. But when people start to game plan, they're going to take mm-hmm. away the best stuff. And you just have to be more creative about how you utilize them and how you put them in different spots. And that's what the Bucks are learning how to do. Um, and the biggest thing okay. with the Knicks is that they don't have a legit point guard. And Mm -hmm. that's the big thing that the Bucs – the shift that Drew Holiday brings is he brings another guy who can handle the ball, and it just gives you a little bit more variability and a little bit more of an element of surprise as to what you're going to be doing and who's going to be involved. Whereas before, you knew if shot clock get down, it's going to be a Giannis at the top (laughs) with a key, or it's going to be some type of Middleton pick and roll, right? Where now you have three guys you can involve in action. Um, and they're even starting to dust off. Uh, you know, they got Brooke Lopez dusting off his post game again. Um, oh boy! You know, and people forget that that dude used to get you know twenty points a night uh, playing down low. Easy. So easy. So I think I think, the I think they got it. This is yeah, this is the best Bucks team I've seen um, in my in my time as a Bucks fan um, and room for the Bucks. Um, Brooklyn is a whole other ball of wax, though. Uh, they still worry me. Um, I think the Bucks. I would like it if DiVincenzo was healthy, but he's not. So, I mean, the Bucs just kind of got to roll what they got. Um, because you just, I think you just need one more body to be able to throw at um, Kyrie and uh, Kyrie mm-hmm. Harden. So, yeah. wait,
1: Dante I, I would think, have been – he would have been guarding Kyrie?
0: No, nah, he probably would have been guarding Joe Harris, but he could have done some time on one of those two to give – to spell the others, to spell Middleton and – um because I think Middleton and Holiday will start on either Kyrie yeah. or Harden in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Um, yeah. But I think he would have been a good, like when one of them is resting, he would have been able to at least get mm-hmm. some serviceable minutes where mm-hmm. now it's like the next option is Connaughton, and then after that is Brent going and Brent cooked. He's going to get cooked. He's going to get cooked like a pack of ramen.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> he's just not built for that. He's good at what he does he is just not built for defense. Uh, for you know, yeah. he, that's just not his thing. That's always been my thing with him during the regular season. I was like, I like Ben Forbes, but I know for a fact he's gonna get hunted like <laughs> he's gonna get hunted like a wounded yeah. deer in the playoffs, man. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah.
0: So so that's, that's you know, I feel like that Brooklyn if Philly's not right and Embiid's not right, that Brooklyn uh Bucks series is gonna be not only I think it's not only gonna be the Eastern beside the Eastern Conference, but I think that's the champion. Um, I don't really see mm. the West. I just I see the champion, champion coming out of the East this year, either Philly, uh, Brooklyn, or the Bucks. I just don't see a champ in the West right now. Um,
1: mm. A lot of
0: teams are compromised. Denver's compromised. The Lakers are compromised with injuries. Utah, yeah, it's just hard to buy them. Um, Dallas, quiet as kept. I'm gonna go ahead and put. There's a couple of things. So AD, so. When A D came out, I was on these RSG Airwaves and I said that I didn't think he was a <laughs> a, a legit like generational Superstar. franchise oh. type of type of dude. I said that.
1: Wait. Wait, when he was when he was drafted or when, when he was, was drafted, traded to when the he league. Was oh when he was drafted. No, nah, when he oh, was okay. drafted. Okay.
0: And the reason I said okay. that is because this was a dude who kind of like you remember that uh, movie with Tom Hanks big? Mm-hmm. From back in the 80s? He
1: yeah. had, like, a
0: big situation where it was like he was regular and then he wasn't.
1: <laughs>
0: and so, like, it, it, the mentality to be like that dude is something I think you kind of have to grow up with. I don't think yeah. you're just, like, uh, a regular kid and then, like, all of a sudden you're a top prospect in the country and you're, mm-hmm. you might be that, like, talent-wise, and, but your mind doesn't see yourself that way. And so, like, I just felt like he was insulated at Kentucky. There was a lot of talent around him, but that when he got to the pros, he he, he just wasn't going to turn out to be that. I thought he was going to be a really good player, but I didn't think he was going to be like Duncan or somebody like that that just was going to be the tempole of your franchise in that way. And gotcha. at about three or four years in, I kind of I kind of cop cop my pleas and said, you know what, maybe I was wrong because he was killing it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm when seeing it again. When that and shot, it's like Go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say when his. I remember the year he took a leap in New Orleans, and it was yeah. like, oh, he can hit twenty footers, yep, <laughs> like consistently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you're done because then you yeah. just will pull your big man out, and if you put a smaller guy, he's just doing all these little floaters around it. I never loved his yeah. his game. But it's it's effective enough that I'm just like, hey, man, he's, he's like Bomani Jones says, he's not big man, he's tall man. <laughs> Word. And so he, Word. he never wants to be a big man, so he's just going to do tall man stuff. And I'm like, you can do that in, in today's NBA, so have at it, young man. <laughs> well,
0: and that, And that's the thing about it, right? This is a guy who was a guard until he was 17, and then he yeah. became something else. And like playing inside is a mentality. It just is. I mean, if you've ever coached somebody or been around a kid who was big but just didn't quite have that mentality, like you know it mm-hmm. when you see it. Like, dude, you you six foot whatever, act like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put the <clears> people around, and it's just it's a mental thing. And, and I don't know if he has that because he just didn't. He, again, it wasn't condition. He wasn't conditioned to have it as a hooper. Um, you know, he kind of was was indoctrinated into the game as a perimeter player, and I think that's his natural orientation to the game. Um, all yep. that said, I'm going to go ahead on record right now and say I think Luka is a bigger, lighter, and lighter I mean by complexion, James Harden. And what I mean by that is he does so much mm-hmm. heavy lifting for his team that he breaks down. Like, this is the second year in a row Luka then got hurt in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Like, he had mm-hmm. an ankle last year, and he's hurt again yeah. this year. And I think it's going to be a consistent trend that we're going to see. He's doing so much heavy lifting, and he's on the ball so much that he's he's going to be one of those dudes that's always getting hurt. And it's, and it's similar to CP3, and it always be, like, unlucky stuff, but it's consistent because CP3 does like to have the ball a whole lot, and he likes to control things a whole lot. And sometimes you got to yeah. get that ball out of your hands, man, and just let somebody else do something, you take some of that, take some of them hits, take some of that uh, uh, banging. Yeah. Uh, and, again, CP3, yeah. Andrew, this year was a little, little fluky, but he has a track record of, you know, anytime oh, his team is kind of every good. playoff, yeah, yeah, it's some every playoff wire. now. Don't go haywire.
1: hmm Um, I'm, so, I'm with you. I think it's, I'm going on record, it's not I'm just going a, on record with Luca. Okay, he's he's the next James Harden. Yeah,
0: as far as the playoff performance, like I think his teams are okay. going to sizzle out in the playoffs because he's going to constantly be getting hurt.
1: Well, I think he, the similarities probably go beyond that because he. Also, is going to be playing without a real second star. It exactly. seems like for a long time um, they got Porzingis. I think they realized what we realized in New York, which is he he can't be your one nor your two because he too is also injured way too much and disappears. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think they're going to be able to get a legit star in there. And I think there is a little like. If I go and play with Luka, I'm on Luka's team. And I don't know who is signing up. Like, is Bradley Beal signing up to go play with Luka Doncic and not get the ball and just be – I don't think so. So I think there's also going to be one of these – the same thing with Harden. He's his own worst enemy with a lot of the way that he plays. And so he's also going to be by himself in Dallas for a long time so you know they they'll and they because he's so good, they'll never be bad, so they'll never get a really great draft pick, and so he's gonna kind of be stuck. best thing he could do is get injured and be out for a whole year, and then they get a top pick, and then they get a superstar, and then they just off and money
0: agreed on all accounts, I think that's extremely accurate um yeah yeah i I agree one hundred percent with that assessment um so. That's that. I, I yeah, and outside of that, I like the Clippers, I ain't, I can't I just can't. I mm-hmm. just can't with the Clippers. Mm-mm. Nope. I just can't, nope. you know. We we both came up during the same era and the
1: Clippers yeah.
0: don't do clipper things, man. It's just it just you is guys, what it is, they, I'm not gonna
1: believe it until they hold in the chip. I was like, I w I probably yeah. still won't believe it. I'll be like, I can't but the Clippers? No. I just can't that's not right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's one of those situations where you're looking at everybody else like, how y'all let that happen? (laughs) You know, like, who who let this happen on their watch? Who let the Clippers get a championship on their watch?
1: (laughs) And I I don't know why this should be theirs for the taking. They have a legit playoff-tested point guard. They got two, two dominant wings that play on both sides. And then they just got shooters everywhere and you know they got enough enough size that they can get up there and rebound why are they not the prohibitive favorites now that it looks like the lakers are out utah's compromised denver's compromised why why does it not feel like clippers are just when you look on paper i i get it like the clipper mystique but even on paper i don't feel like people are giving them their due
0: yeah i agree i think a lot of it stems from just like they don't have, there's not, they don't have a championship vibe. You know what I mean? Like when a team is like clicking and you're like, man, that team is scary. That team is dangerous. It's like even like the Knicks during the regular season, like it was like they know who they are. You know what I mean? Like they know mm-hmm. who they are. They know what they're about. And I just feel like the Clippers just have, don't really have an identity in that way where it's like they know what they're going to hang their hat on. You know, and because yeah. they know it, you know it. You know, I I just I just feel like they're so just malleable to whatever's going on around them. Like if this, if mm-hmm. this other team is 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 you know bringing big energy, they are not gonna match it. They just gonna. I don't, I, don't, I, I, I I don't <laughs> quite know what it is. I do believe it stems from Kawhi, um, and Kawhi being the best player, but maybe not the most accountable human being. <laughs> Um,
1: maybe. And what, <laughs> maybe and what I mean by that is just
0: like yeah and what I mean by that is just like your best player has to do all the other little stuff or else everybody yeah. else on the team is looking at everybody sideways because if he gets to do uh-huh. it then everybody else need to going to feel like they get to do it and if they don't get to do it then that's going to cause some problems and uh-huh. I feel like that's at the core of why they just don't feel like they're together, like they're cohesive? You know what I mean. Like they have a collective identity, and I think it's because like that's your lead dog, and I, he he doesn't seem like he he leads in that way where he's gonna like mm-hmm. imp- imprint his personality on others. You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. out there doing his thing. He's gonna score thirty or forty, but his thirty or forty yeah. feels like you know you look up and he got thirty points in a in a
1: half, and he kind of like.
0: Yeah, but I just don't feel like nobody else is feeding off
1: that. No. He's getting his. He's getting his. You have to build a team around him. This is why he has success in San Antonio and Toronto, because they had a fully functioning team, and then you slot a killer in the middle of that that can take over when needed, and it's like perfect recipe. But they didn't have that in L.A., and so now you're trying to build that around him, and he's not kidding you know, he's not that guy, so I'm going to do it. it's, it's 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 different. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of the West. I think the end of the day, they're going to, um, I mean, unless Kawhi breaks down, but at this point, Kawhi, like, he's doing his D-Rose thing out there where he's like, look, I can't do what I used to do, but I'll pick like four or five spots a game and put some – and flash it when I need to. Yeah. And otherwise I'm just yeah. killing you with the footwork, get into my spots. Mid-range, like I'm just yeah. killing you. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, he, tactical.
0: Yeah, he's definitely driving uh with a quarter tank, and he's steady watching that mile still empty. <laughs> he's <laughs> steady looking at that mile still empty. Wait, where where, am I? where am I? I'm at? Where I'm at? I'm alright Okay, I can, I can I can hit the gas a little bit right. <laughs> I can punch it for a little bit. I still got a little bit left in the tank. He's definitely watching right. that tank uh quite closely. So, but yeah, so I, who comes I, I out of the west
1: who do you have coming out you of know, the way? I I I yeah, it's
0: been it's been hard for me to pinpoint someone. Like Denver is not wowing me with the way they've been playing. They've been real inconsistent. Um you know, if C P three wasn't comp it wasn't hurt right now, like I would say Phoenix. Like I really do. Like Ayton has played really well and that's been surprising. I think they have a, a guy who can get his shot off against anybody in Booker, which you definitely need. And if CP3 was right, I think I would lean to them. Um, but I just because I don't I don't quite buy Utah completely right now. Um, obviously, yeah. the Lakers are. If AD is hurt, they don't have a chance. And even if he does play and they get past this first round, I can't see him making it all the way through the playoff yeah. um, without getting injured again. Um, Cause he's dealing with like three things. I mean, he's been, you know, the Achilles isn't quite all the way going away and he's got a knee and he's got a, now he's got a groin. And I, I just don't see him being able to really hold up the whole way. Um, I mean the Clippers, if they figure out, you know, and they develop that cohesion and maybe this is the run where they do it. That's really, you know, I don't see Dallas being able to do it. Portland, I mean, as much as I love Dane, they just don't guard nobody. Like, I could go score 10 points against them at 42. <laughs> I <I'd> can get 10. <laughs>
1: just sitting in the corner, um, finding my spot when they yeah. drop, when E.T. Canton drops off me, I just pop that oh, from DT yeah. feet. I got it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just, so yeah, if it's a I, I, your Clipper pick, I can't argue with it. Um, I can definitely see that happen. Um, I think it's the Clippers of Utah for me right now just because they seem to be, like, the closest to being themselves um, and whole yeah. right now. Um, and everybody, yeah, I, that's why I think, I just think that the winner's going to come out of the East. Um, it just going. I think it's going to depend upon how much the Bucks and Nets beat each other up um, in this yeah. next series and Embiid. Um, if Embiid can, and with a torn meniscus, he's not going to be healthy. Um, you know, they're saying he has a meniscus tear. And that's something that yep. you, need, you need surgery and you just need to go sit down. Um, so, I, honestly, if I'm silly, as much as I want to try to make this run, you got to think long-term with him. Because I, mm-hmm. I was reading a tweet earlier, and they were talking about Andrew Bynum had the same kind of injury, <sighs> and he played through Damn. it. And we know how that went.
1: <laughs> Lord. you we know how
0: that went afterwards. <laughs> oh, you know, but he got so, a chip, though.
1: He got two chips.
0: He did. He got a. He got a couple. He got a couple. And that last run, he played through that meniscus, and it just wasn't right. After that, and you know, then he grew the Bookman afro, and it just wasn't. <laughs> he, he was done. <laughs>
1: uh, I tell you what, if I'm Philly and you tell me I can get two chips and then Embiid's career is over, I'm 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 taking that. I'm thinking that. I, I agree. Yeah. Long term. I, I dig it. Have you seen Embiid? Do you think there's yeah. any part of his game that says long term? <laughs> like that <laughs> might be out of the league in four years. Like he weighs three fifty. Like he is humongous, yeah. and he's out there yeah. just. Nah, bro. I'm. I'm like, yeah, no. Shoot him up. Get out there, Joel. <laughs> Get yeah. out there, man. Drag that leg up and down. We, we, we got to get this chip. This might be our best chance. LeBron ain't here.
0: Steph yeah, ain't here. I mean, and, and, and I dig it. I dig it. because, yeah, I think LeBron's going to have to get, get in the GM office this summer and figure some things out because I think he probably realized, like, I don't know if I can count on A.B. Mm. Mm. So. And you know Golden State's mm. gonna be trying to make something happen because they only got a couple more years of stuff being, you know, supernova stuff. So both of those teams are gonna be retooling, looking to retool this summer. So Retooled. it'll be interesting what? to. See.
1: Well, we we can have another conversation because I I hear oh we're gonna retool how have y'all looked at the free agent <laughs> like there's nobody the free agent y'all are not yeah. gonna gut your team so
0: yeah man, I don't how, know how is what this happening. Yeah, I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. I know the Warriors, you know, you still got Wiseman. You might get a pick from – you're going to have two lottery picks, more than likely, um, if you get Minnesotas and their own. And that may be enough. I just don't know who who they would get in exchange. Like, that's going to be, like, a needle mover. Because I don't think think Washington – unless Washington and Beal decide that, like, hey, we're going to – but I don't know how much Beal makes them – better in the way that they need mm-hmm. to get better. Like, they need a five, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They need a five or a, a four who can, oh, like, a four-point five. They need a wing. Yeah, <clears throat> they need a wing.
1: They need a three or four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll do
1: a Randall I for think, Curry swap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's nope. what they're thinking.
1: <laughs> okay, all right.
0: I think that give Just you a, a couple years of Wiggins. <laughs> Let's give you a couple oh. of Wiggins at thirty mil.
1: <laughs> thanks. Let <but> me know. Thanks. <laughs> I'm good.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'd all pass on that. We'd all pass on that. So, so let's talk about the the first the first half of the year, as it relates to hip hop and the albums that have come out. So, you know, we're at the six month the halfway mark. We're June, beginning of June. Here sitting the June second. So, what 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 has caught your eye thus far? Um, through the halfway point of this
1: year, yeah. I mean, it caught your ear, it's been, Caught your ear. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty slow for me. Um, to be honest, the, uh, the I guess the three albums I've probably been listening to the most. Two of them only came out recently, so one is uh, the J Cole J Cole the Offseason, um, and uh, I've been listening to that a lot. I've been listening to the uh, what was the who? Which, this is a shame. Which Griselda release? Release like an EP. Was it Benny?
0: Uh, Benny, yeah, it was Benny.
1: Yeah, so I've been listening to his EP, and um, honestly, I've been really. Uh, I tried to get into this DMX album. I really tried. I can't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I've been listening to it a lot, man. I just. God bless the dead. i you know. X is my dude, this album is, is a tough hang. But uh but that J that J. Cole's been holding me down and that Betty's been holding me down. Um That's about those those are like the ones that really pop up. What about you?
0: Yeah, same. Um so the DMX, like there are a couple of joints that I'm like, okay, I can I can get I can dig into these, I can get these, right? Um the opening mm-hmm. joint with the locks. And then um, he's got the uh, the uh, joint with the Griselda Cats, and so I'm digging those. Yeah. But yeah. one is just it's just a not as dynamic X. Like he's just not mm-hmm. as dynamic, and yeah. that that is hard to listen to. Like he doesn't have fluctuations in his tone and his uh, cadence, like classic X has. Mm-hmm. where, well, you know, he's yelling at you, you know, for three bars, and then he's, like, bringing it down to, like, a, a very conversational level. with And he just doesn't have those fluctuations, and that roller coaster just ain't rolling like it used to. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that really – that that was one thing that was super noticeable about it is just, like, he really had one note um, as far as, like, how he was flowing. And that I just didn't want to hear him be like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the whole really time. It way. just. Uh... I'm with you. It, the, and the songs that it came out were songs where there were other people that helped kind of yeah. uh, bring a little bit of that energy. So, the yeah, the That's My Dog, I loved. Um, and, like, the Hood Blues, like you said, I really liked. There were some others that I, but then there would be just some weird, like you had Alicia Keys singing. Bono.
0: Off.
1: I'm, I was just like, Bono? I was like, what's it? it felt a little like, um, what was the, the Biggie album that they made, the duets? Yeah. And it was kind yeah. of like, oh, people who were fans of Biggie make songs with them. And I was like, you know, this doesn't work. Like, I don't think Bono and DMX got in the studio and just, you know, built and, 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 and you know, created this thing. Like, it sounds a little thrown together. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then some of the features didn't even really didn't really pop. Um, the production was tough. It was it, there was a, there were a lot of like, oh man, this is the Snoop song was awful. I yes, mean, it was just a yes. lot of like, these these aren't great. So yeah, there's probably three on here that I'm like, oh, this is good. Um, but this, that's about it. I'm, I actually re-listened to the Locks album because it had that uh, track with him on it, and that. I was like, yeah. I thought it was going to be an album full of those songs, and it was not.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, he tried to make like a he tried to he tried to dust off the the uh, you know the ninety eight to two thousand two rap album template. Um, he tried to dust that off and, and run with that, you know, and it's just like, yeah. And this is something that I think Busta Rhymes really, again, we talked about this at nauseum, but I think, you know, Busta probably has done this the best thus far, as far as a vet rapper recognizing, like, where their wheelhouse is, getting in that Mm -hmm. lane, but then still expanding with and like doing different things, but staying within that lane. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like DMX, uh, he he overestimated the width of his lane uh, with this one. Mm. And... Yeah. Like in in 2000, his lane was as wide as it could get. He could do it pretty much whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, on oh, his yeah. album. But I think in 2021, I don't know if his width is, is the lane is that wide anymore. <laughs> and and I, yeah. I don't think he knew that when he when he created this. Because um, yeah, I, I like I said, it's probably like three songs on here. Uh, bath off with Jay and Nas. I listen because of Jay and Nas. That's the other thing. Like I'm not listening to any of these because of X, and that that bothers me.
1: Yep. There's yeah. Like that,
0: that's like that. That bothers me a little bit. Where it's like I should be listening to this mm. because I want to hear X, not because I want to hear the guest spot. And that's Trump, not where I'm I got to I'm glad you actually
1: mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned Bass Off. So I think we can definitively say that for whatever reason. Jay Z and Nas cannot rap together. It just—it's not—it's not good. We now have at least four examples of this, and they tried different—you know—one on their own. They tried the Republicans one. They tried ones with like fire beats. They tried ones with so-so beats. The, top, the Khaled, uh album, which I, I listened to like a solid three times, and they had the track on there, and I was like, "These just are something is off with the energy, or something, or they're holding back their best, or something going on." But every Jay Z Nas song underwhelms significantly, and I cannot figure out why.
0: I can, I, I, at least I think I can. I, I can't say I definitively understand, it. but I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel as if both of them are trying to, like, out-knowledge each other. Like, they're trying to drop, like, <laughs> instead of just, like, really spitting, I feel like they're mm-hmm. both trying to, like, be, like, the wise. Like, it's like when you get two old heads and they both, like, you know, going and dropping wisdom and dropping jewels, and they just keep trying to out-jewel each other. <laughs> instead of just, like, having, <laughs> one of those great, co- having a great conversation. Yeah, they, they're trying to just, like... Oh yeah, well you know, and I just feel like, and then you gotta, and then and I just feel like they're both like hitting you over the head with knowledge, and and the, and they're missing the the wordplay and the, and the other things that people love about them, and I just think, I don't think they they rock over the same beats, and so then I think they mm-hmm. get these like, these like that are not suited for. Both of them, yeah, they're not suited yeah. for one of them, and so thus they're not suited for either of them, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. you know.
0: And so then they're mm-hmm. both kind of like off a little bit, and then they're always on somebody else's project. And maybe if mm-hmm. they were on kind of a tailor made, like this is for you two, this is just for you two, because mm-hmm. even the even the uh the Cali, even though Cal, my kids always ask me, like, what does DJ Cali actually do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I always laugh. He gets people together. He gets people
0: together. That's what I tell him. I was like, he's like a, he's like he's like a really good friend that always like throws a good party and gets people together and brings people joy in that way. Um, that's really the best way I can explain it. He brings people together that maybe wouldn't hang out to hang out with each other. You know, he's that one friend that has mm-hmm. a bunch of different other friends across different friend groups and he brings them together, and they do fun things. That's all I got. So <laughs> but that's a
1: pretty accurate piece. I just,
0: yeah, I just feel like I, I just I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And I just I feel like The content of what they they're rapping in. and that's the other thing. There's never really like a direction and you think mm-hmm. that would lend itself to them kind of meshing because then they can just kind of go with it, but mm-hmm. it just meanders and neither of them stand mm-hmm. out. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, Jay Z was trying to do some clever thing, and it just—it just wasn't his best. It was almost like a throwaway, like this isn't my A material, it's like my B material. And I was like, why would you put your B material on a track like Like, give us In any case, yeah. So um, that I listened to the Cali thing. I, I I I thought about this because I listened to this while I was uh, going on a run, and I was trying to think of a DJ created collaborative album that i i actually liked that was actually good from the beginning but like this one that had like two or three joints on them that i like is there like uh flex i'm thinking about um clue the professional is probably the one that comes close but i re-listened to that last year during a pandemic and the first six tracks are just flames and then it's just, yeah. hey, All you cool. want a yeah. track for, for a joint period? Hey, what about you? You want something? And it just falls apart. So, like, has any DJ put together a truly classic front-to-back album that you can recall?
0: Nah. I mean, maybe, maybe you got, like, some early 2000s DJ drama mixtapes that are like worth it? I would have mm-hmm. to go back. I would have to do the knowledge and do some research on that because I can't. I can't mm-hmm. think of anything off the top of my head. The professional. It's the, when you said it, the professional came to my mind, and then you reminded me that like it's like six songs deep, and then it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, yeah, the I albums done. come out all the time, and I'm always yeah. like, there's always. You, you, you put these people together and you, oh, well, we got Nicki Minaj and Bad Bunny, and so, and you're just like, this actually is a mess. I don't I don't think this is actually good. um But I was like, maybe it's worked, but I was like, no, I don't I don't think it's ever really worked. And there's so much just filler on that album of just, yes. you know, somebody singing and somebody does a verse, and I was like, this is really formulaic, which is surprising, because I was like, this this is where you should really put together some interesting... You could put a 90-second a, a song if you want. You know, like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, talk for 20 seconds and then have somebody come. Like, you could really get creative, and instead it was just... I don't know what that was. Uh, I was, like... I wanted that to be really good, and it was not. So maybe that's it. I
0: mean, it, it, his <laughs> albums play, like, a mid-'90s, like, black movie soundtrack. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean? Like, where it's just
0: like, you have one or two really, like, strong radio singles, and then everything else is just about, like, the pairings. You know what I mean? And and who, like, you got a song with so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. Oh, let me check that out. Uh, It was, it was all right. You know, it it just feels soundtracky to me Mm -hmm. without a movie. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. they're like soundtracks. Mm -hmm. At least Callie's albums are like soundtracks without movies because they're these, like, formulaic, seemingly, like, label. Some A and R guy in the room was like, "Let's get so and so. Like they like they got a draft board. Let's get so and so. Let's put these CD together. Yeah. What if we did this, this, and this? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I mean, that sounds really great when you say it out loud, but then when you actually got to make a song, I don't know. Like, is there a vibe there that we're going? With? I mean, yeah.
1: The vibe is make money, in another one. Yeah, that's the vibe. So an album. But yeah, is that's
0: an album that confused me just confused the heck out of me was the Nicki Minaj Beam Me Up Scotty joint Um, Mm, so I hadn't read a lot about it and it came out and I was expecting like a new album but it was like four new songs and then like a bunch of early 2000s beginning of her career like mixtape joints like literally with the DJ still on them
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) I was like At first I was like okay Like she's doing something different That's a different kind of vibe Okay and then I started realizing that Man these
1: are old (laughs) They're old Way old And I don't know why I'm sure there's uh, some label shenanigans around this But it's like
0: Yeah that's what I eventually figured I was like okay maybe she just had to get something out
1: Yeah I didn't even make it through that whole album because I, I think maybe I was like you. I was like, okay, I think this is supposed to be one thing. And then I was like, this is good, but this ain't new. And then I started jumping around and had, like, her talking on it. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. She's not a good enough rapper to make me yeah. sit through stuff that I don't I don't want to do. Like, I need a tight. And also, it was like, hella long. I was <laughs> like, I'm not going to yeah. do this. It's like 20, yeah. 24 tracks or something like that. I was like, I'm not going to sit through this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's so where sad. I wound up with that one. I, I was very much, I was very much feeling that one the same way, where it was like, I kept going through it because I was like, is she going to get back to, is, is, like, what, is this going to come back to like her making new music? <laughs> I mean, like, and then once I got to the end, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not about. This must be a, like a. I got, I got, I got to get a label, one album this year or some type, some type of deal, and they were just like, somebody's beefing with somebody, and they were just like, we're just gonna give you an album. <laughs> Mm hmm so yeah uh,
1: so did you like uh cole
0: i did i i've been i've enjoyed the j cole album um considerably like that's actually and again this has been a weird year because there haven't been a ton of projects where i'm like yeah i'm feeling it i'm feeling it um Mm -hmm. and this is one of them um but one of the only few so it's gotten a lot of run with me um and I, I like it a lot. I felt like um, he, I won't say he kind of like, I think he's in the groove that he's in right now. I think where he's at in his career, this was, this is his groove. Um, yeah. Because I think he's beyond at this point trying to make anything that's going to purposely get radio play. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think given that that's kind of where he's at, I think this is, high level um and just like it's got bangers on it and you know him just spitting and and doing that doing his thing i i enjoyed it um i enjoyed it a lot like after about the first five or six tracks i was like yeah i'm digging this you know like digging this a lot uh-huh. so that's where i was at uh standouts for me 95 south the intro killer cam coming in uh-huh. that immediately uh-huh. got me going like okay
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> you know so I like that um, applying pressure, one hundred mil. Um, I like that one a lot. Yeah, um, I, lo- I I like the uh, the kind of storytelling aspect of "Let Go My Hands," um, and then Hunger mm-hmm. on the Hillside" um, are all kind of my faves and the ones that stand out to me the most. How about you? How you feeling?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I this was just like I, I, I it took me a while to stop listening to it. I am just like certain songs that I was like, All right, oh no, I also like this song and then before you know it, you're on like the back end of the album and you're like, okay, I'm j i am I just listened to this whole thing. Um, Hung on the Hillside to me is kinda of quietly just this classic song. It's just like perfect song making. I like the Yeah. The beat is great, the tempo, like his storytelling. This is like the these are the kind of things that I think only co- only a handful of, of folks can make a song that literally is a vibe. It's it's like a a whole, man, if I heard this in concert, I would just be zoned out, you know, and it's songs like that. And um, I was a little worried at the beginning with what exactly, it sounded like he maybe was also trying to do some uh, new young rapper style. I was like, uh-oh, he's going to go straight little Javi on me for the whole album. Like, am I going to have to listen to that? <laughs> like, he did, like, a verse or two, you know, that style. But... Um, yeah. It's was just... Um, so, yeah, ninety-five styles. I don't know why I can't... I'm sure there's a verse that just didn't make it, but that definitely set things off. Um I actually like my life. Him with 21 Savage works for some reason, um, Weirdly, they, I think they Weirdly. played. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have predicted that, but hearing that, and I was like, oh, they got a vibe for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's like a big brother, little brother kind of thing. Um, I actually did like "Pride Is the Devil." Um, again, like very classic Cole kind of. Yeah, classic Cole kind of like. There's a message, but there's also just lyricism, and it also. I mean, just. Uh, you know, him showing like how you make an album. It's it, it you if you when you're talented you can do it. He's still mad at people for some reason that I'm not quite sure about. Sometimes like he goes in and I'm like, wow, who is he talking to? I, I'm really lost. I don't know. So okay, sure, I'm on your side, Cole. I don't know who you're mad at or what they said to you, well, okay. Um, but okay. Uh, but a lot less misogyny, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, otherwise, you know. Uh, uh, a really, uh, really good So, Really good. Kudos to the new uh, backup small forward on the uh, African Basketball League.
0: The Rwandan the Rwanda Patriots.
1: <laughs> the Patriots. I love that. The Patriots. Oh, my God. Did they pick that name? Did a right. Rwandan pick the name Patriot? I Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. That whole situation uh, with Cole over there hooping um yeah <laughs> you should just
1: i know you Stop, just, i know you were to the gym you like huh how old is Cole? 30 35
0: he's like 36. <laughs> yeah he's he's up there i was like well one i mean what he what he hit him with the the quadruple single
1: <laughs> i'm like man i can go over
0: there and get three three and three
1: <laughs> yeah What's I can, can you, give you a three, three, and three, less. man. Say less. They meet you uh, not pack gym. need you out there. Just get the guys together. I may not
0: pack the gym like he will, but I can give you the same level of production for half the cost. <laughs> 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 oh, man.
1: So many check messages I got for boys. I was like, yo, j Oh. Do y'all feel like it's, it's like that out there. I'm like, y'all, come on. Stay your ass in the house. Yeah, this ain't yeah, you. I He's Freddie famous, Gibbs. That's why he out
0: there. Yeah, It is. I followed Freddie Gibbs on Instagram, and Gibbs was clowning him.
1: Oh no! Gibbs was oh. clowning
0: him. <laughs> Freddie was going at him. Maybe oh, that's what he
1: was talking about. Of, in, in going, the, at, uh, going at people,
0: Kwame Brown. Yeah, I know this is what this wasn't on the list of things he was going to talk about. But any impressions that you have on Kwame Brown, please share.
1: <laughs> so many, oh, man. That seemed like a thousand years ago. That was only two weeks ago. It does. Um, it does. Man. Okay. I guess I'll I'll say. Somehow he has rewritten, his story, in my internal Wikipedia page, where now Kwame Brown, the first line will be he went ham <laughs> on cats in 2021 for like a week straight. And then I'm like, oh, also he was a busted NBA. You know what I'm saying? But like, he yeah. he went at these cats so hard. I had to respect it. At first I thought he was joking. Then I was like, yo, he's, he's for real. Like this dude is driving in his car like 70 miles an hour, talking, <laughs> just popping off. Oh, Doug, like singing songs about Doug Christie. I was like, come on. Like, what are we? Not Doug Christie. Oh, man. Wow. Um,
0: same dude. What's same the boy's dude. name? Same dude. It's the same guy. <laughs> Doug Christie, this <laughs> spot. Chris. Same dude. <laughs> oh, same dude.
1: <laughs> when he said your grandfather that was black or your grandfather that was white, I was like, no, no, Kwame. Yeah. What are we doing?
0: Yeah.
1: I was dying. Yeah. I was dying. None of it was was safe to work. None of it I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't forward it in good conscience to to some of my yeah. uh non-black friends cuz I was like yeah, I I can't be putting this out there, but I was dying. I was crying yeah. laughing at the <laughs> so when you have
0: this is the, when you have 20 years of people messing with you and you kind of just being like, all right, all right, all right. It pent up and it just comes out in the stream of
1: consciousness.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what we experienced right there. That was 20-some years of pent-up aggression and angst because people keep calling that man a bust. And he had enough of it. He had enough of it. He, he had, had enough. And, and what what made it comical was... The way certain people just was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm a have to take an L on this one. I ain't messing with that dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm gonna fall
0: back on this one. Exactly. <laughs> like Gil, 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 Gil exactly the ring, like, yeah, and Gilbert Arenas a dude who always plays too, it, it just constantly playing too much. And even yep. Gil was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna let him have that. <laughs> That's when I'm not. I'm not I, those know, problems. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going there with him. You know, it's like he knows some, things,
1: from,
0: he knows some uh, things. Yeah, but I mean, he I, went at I
1: think everybody they also and know mama. People come in and like he will find you. He will like, hey, bro. Yeah, like you know, I have nothing to lose. Like yeah. I, I will track you down at somewhere and we will square up, and I will beat you down. Like he, I think he was. <laughs> Let's see what happens. It's legit. like even Jackson. I think it's Jackson, you know what, six eleven. Yeah, and it looks like he be in the gym still. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Come on. Every, every I, I love the uh, the low key. Like, hey man, you know, um, we just out here. I, I'm hearing things. You know, it was all it was all like subtle. Hey, low tones, you know, like you deal with somebody that's crazy and usually like, hey, yeah, bro, look, yeah, I'm yeah. not even really, I'm not even really trying to go there with you. I'm just trying to make my way, through. you know, like they, they were trying to <laughs> calm me down it was and a he was not voice. here for it. <laughs> a de-escalation a de-escalation
0: voice. <laughs> voice. I'm trying to get the situation back under control. <laughs> Uh, before we have one of them boondocks moments, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh man, steak turn The steak meaner.
1: Yeah, he is gonna ride up on somebody on All Star All weekend, man. It's gonna, it's, it's finna happen. It's gonna happen. Hey, man,
0: listen, man. They, it's gonna be right before the dunk contest. You're gonna hear a hush go through the crowd. <laughs> Kwame Brown has entered the building. <laughs> Everybody going to be on high alert.
1: <laughs> he might even sign with the WWE. I was like, yo, is he, at first I was like, is he about, like, setting up a promo for something? Like, is he going to end up being on something? I, I was ready for the the newest AEW star to sign, Kwame Brown. He'd just be out there wrestling, folks, or something. <laughs> I was waiting. And then it happened. I was like, no, he just was mad. He was just mad. He was like, I'm mad, and I got time today. So y'all about to just get this seven straight IG (laughs) videos of me just stream of consciousness random.
0: And that's what made it so beautiful. That is literally what made it so beautiful, was that he had nothing to sell. He was just (laughs)
1: laying,
0: he was was just, he was just going to set some cats on fire real quick. (laughs) He had no angle, no ulterior motives. He had no agenda. He was just like leave me no alone.
1: No app coming out. No no sports drink. Nothing. No no basketball camp. He trying to no. I'm just on gas. <laughs> That's it. He
0: was just fed up. He just it, it was 100 percent fed up. I'm just done, yo. Y'all y'all need to go pick on somebody else. Go talk about Anthony Bennett or Greg Oden or one of these <laughs> other busts. But this bust, he's gonna <laughs> leave
1: alone. But where's Darko? Y'all, y'all need to do one. I'm not the one. I think
0: nope, I'm not the one. That's gonna be y'all, it. Y'all want to talk about a bus? Y'all better come up with a different name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty
0: one is the last year anybody's gonna, gonna mention Kwame Brown as, as a bus. I
1: guarantee that. <laughs> oh yeah, not on any major platform. Uh, yeah. okay. okay. PSC. Did they talk about it on that? I don't even watch that show. Anymore, but did they? They must have talked. The Kenny and Charles and Shaq talk about this at all? Or I, did they just stay away. I from wasn't. It? I was, It
0: wasn't. The, I only. I'm only watching them during the playoffs, <laughs> and it was still kind yeah. of end of the regular season play in time with that. Okay. So I wasn't but really really okay. checking for them. So I, they could have. They could have touched on it, but I wasn't. I wasn't. But yeah, I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad we even talked about because he might. You know I feel like he, he just. He like. He like popping up. You mentioned his name and brought the same pictures and he popping up.
1: Real? The game kicker, boy. Let me tell you something, boy.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you feminine. <laughs> it, it was just so much in there, man. It was just so much in there. I just I just wanted to get your Does he have writers? Out, like-
1: Hold on. Does he have, like, a writing room? Because he had material. I don't know. Yes.
0: Yes, he does. He has material, and it is, like, it's funny. It's, like, grounded and and country, but at the same time, somewhat political.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. We, we haven't heard that last of him. Uh, I'm going to go on the, on, on the record and say Kwame coming out with something in the fall. Y'all going to hear from him. State senator, or something. Something happening.
0: Something, something's coming, please. He just didn't have it ready for us right now. <laughs>
1: mhm.
0: Mhm. All right. So we got we got we at we're at ten o'clock. So I want I want to uh, hit this last segment where we get into. Uh, so basically, it, the the nature of of uh, there was I don't know how what did, what did you call it? You had a good term for it. I don't want to steal your thunder with that. The uh, rapper chart visual deal.
1: Yeah, the 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 top five. I don't know what I called it, <laughs> dead or alive. Top five, dead or alive. I just um, what did I? Call it? I can't remember what I said. The it's data, true. Viz. But, data viz. So, data viz. Data is. That's right. It's um yeah. It for me, it hits all of the. It, it's one of those articles that I read, and I'm like, this is written for me because it's data. I like, you know, and I do data analysis. It's social networks, and it's hip hop, and I was like. I'm here for all of this. This is like my dream. I'm almost mad. I didn't think to do this myself. Um, but, uh, let's give, uh, props to the, uh, to the dude that, um, he goes by Svelik, Svelik. I can't even pronounce yeah. his name, but, uh, villain? <laughs> S- villain. Oh, that makes sense. Like villain. Okay. Yeah. See But, uh, I'll, I'll I'll introduce it real quick if you don't mind. So he, um, what point. he in essence did these these arguments about the top five rappers. What he did was he looked up all of the places where rappers had been asked about their top five, and then he used that to create a uh, numerical value for who is the most often uh, noted top five amongst all those. And so he only used rappers or. Professionals, He had a whole criteria. The whole methodology is in a, in a medium post, and it's good. And so, in essence, what you get is this uh, score for who's the favorite rapper's favorite rapper, like you said.
0: Yeah, so what were your thoughts on the results? Uh, resulting top five. Uh, at number one, Eminem. At number two, Biggie. Three, Jay-Z. Four, Tupac and five was Nas. And again, this was based upon his you know, his numerical value, uh, of how many other guys kinda like tabbed them as in their top five. Um so what were your what were, he had his own interesting insights. Did you have any insights that you thought were uh uh anything that you caught?
1: So the top five makes <clears throat> for me is uh I think it's kinda of obvious but if I'm being real, like I, I, in part because way more representation, as you can imagine from, you know, newer rappers, right? So it's not like we have a ton of, Hey, who's top five rappers from like the 1980s and the early nineties. Right. So a lot of what he was able to find are rappers in two thousands saying who are the top five. And so there are people who grew up, right? Like in essence, who were the best rappers from the 90s. Um, and Eminem, who is, you know, you know, just became such a huge megastar in the 2000s. I mean, there was literally no rapper that sold as many albums or anything as Eminem did um, before Drake came along. And so I think it kind of – and these are rappers. I was at least happy to see that rappers were up here and it wasn't like future – is like number three on the list or something like that because that would have that would have hurt me. <clears throat> but this one makes sense. M Biggie, Jay Z, Tupac Nas.
0: Yeah, it made all the sense in the world. Um, I think your analysis is on point, given like just you know, and his analysis as well. He talked about how you know, given the, the just the way things are and how there are um, more rappers mm-hmm. to kind of pick from. Um, and, and all those things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I thought it was super dope. Um, I think we have to begin to expand our conversation around top five, and we, I think we just at this point, as a hip hop kind of ideological body, we got to start thinking about top five by eras. In the same way, I think mm-hmm. we have to do that with basketball. Um, mm-hmm. if, because I think eras are different in that way. And also I think generationally things, you know, things, the the music, the art evolves so quickly over time that I think you have to kind of start to kind of lock it into it. And I, like, yeah, I think you kind of got to lock it into eras to really kind of begin to understand and encompass kind of the growth and the different styles because um, to go top five all time, to me, is just so mm-hmm. difficult. It's just mm-hmm. so difficult to do. Um, I think this is a solid list. But, again, I think, you know, it, it's similar to how I talk about hoops, where it's like, well, if there was no Dr. J, they wouldn't have been a Mike. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Mike was the, the, the evolution of that. You know what I mean? He built upon things he saw Doc doing. He took that and yeah. took it to the next phase. And the same with Rakim. Like without Rakim, ain't no Jay, ain't no Big, yeah. you know, like they took exactly. what Rakim was doing and took that to another level. And so I think it's a way to recognize the greatness that came before, but also to acknowledge that the game should be evolving. And so no, Rakim may not be in a, in your all time top five in 2021 because. One there, there have been people who have come along who have been more skillful at actually rapping, you know, and also have had the cultural impact that he had. But still, mm-hmm. you got to talk about Rock you know Hill. Yeah, what? you can't just yeah. not talk. Just like you can't just not talk about Doctor J. Like you got to talk about Doctor J. If you're going to talk about yeah. Mike in the same way, if you're going to talk about Kobe, you got to talk about Mike. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea of kind of the uh, generations, and so the the. The six through ten on this list, I think, get to that, right? So six is Rakim, who's right behind Nas, and then is Lil Wayne, and then there's KRS-One, Fuji Rap, and Big Daddy Game, right? So I think you, you see kind of clearly there's probably a lot of people who are going to say, like, KRS-One is in my top five. But the person who says that is definitely in their 40s,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. right
1: now. Nobody yeah. that's in their 20s is like, yo, KRS-One, it's got to be someone that remembers, you know, when the bridge is over dropped, like the world stopped, the yeah. world of hip hop stopped, like he stopped it. And he took down people. He, he battled everybody, you know, like you just have to know. So, um, kind of, so that's six through 10 and I'll just, just for the sake of, uh, so we have it all here, uh, on an official record, 11 through 20, big L number 11. That's, that's a surprise. There's an East Coast bias here. I'm here for it, though. Um, 12 <laughs> is Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube should be higher. Slick Rick's 13. Chuck D's 14. Andre 3000 is 15. And I, I, let's put a pin in that. I want to come back to that one. Kanye okay. West is 16. That's way too high. 17 is Snoop Dogg. 18, Cameron. Sure. Nineteen's Kendrick Lamar. And twenty is Melly Mel, <laughs> just just a randomest yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I'm here for it. It's fine. Uh, but that was probably too old. Okay.
0: That was like two old heads who were like Melly Mel.
1: Exactly. Just to be contrary, the that's another part. They like, were when the be, dropped, like,
0: right because they were around when the message <laughs> dropped,
1: and when the message yeah, dropped, I, I'm
0: sure like their minds were blown.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, no LL Cool J. No LL. Yeah. What do you think of that?
0: I if I had to off the top of my head make it a, a hypothesis as to why that is. So LL to me is is similar to uh, like a Russell Westbrook in basketball. Right and Mm -hmm. not stylistically, but as far as like where they stand amongst their peers, right? He is acknowledged as being one of the best of his era. But during his era, was he ever really like top five? Mm -hmm. I mean, like Russ was like a really good point guard, but it's like, was he ever the best point guard in the league? I think you would debate. You that's a debate, right? That you Mm -hmm. could have. Even the year he won the MVP. I don't know if you would say he was the uh, the number one point guard in the NBA that year, right? Or even the number one yeah. point guard in his era at his own position let alone when you start to encompass all of the guys that are there. There's a level of consistency that he has and I think that's um consistent like like that's a that's a definite definite parallel with LL. And then I also think like he had like some he put up big numbers and LL Okay. He put up big numbers with, but the the songs that he put up big numbers with, like, weren't like rap, rapity songs, where it's just like, you're going to get credit for being a dope MC for putting that song mm-hmm. out. And so I think that just didn't endear him to his peers in that way. I think all of his peers would acknowledge that LL is dope and one of the best to do it. I don't think yeah. any of his peers would put him in their top five. And I think Russ is the same way. Where a lot of guys around the league will acknowledge Russ is super dope and he's one of the best to do it, but if you ask them to put to to list their top five players of this era, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have Russ in their top five.
1: Yeah,
0: even though the man is out so <clears throat> over the last four or five years,
1: <laughs> he was All NBA two years in a row, fifteen and sixteen, sixteen and seventeen. So those those were the two years where they were in essence like he is the best are right behind. And so it was Curry was, he was with Curry in 1516 and Harden in 1617. So he actually mm-hmm. was right above Curry in 1617. So there were two years where everyone said like Russell Westbrook is the best. Now, you know, again, we can debate why that is and so, so, so forth. But all right, that's, I mean, one of those was Oh, that was a year before he. That was the last year he was at OKC, and then the first year he was with Golden State when he went in. Okay, that, yeah. that was West Russ at his at his pinnacle. So I'm, I'm with you. I I don't think LL on not being on this list is surprising for me. I just thought I was always a hater. I just always thought like I just don't <laughs> see LL there, and but I you know I felt obliged. Oh, know, LL catalog man. You know, and that is not, And I think we can talk about this. Uh, I'm bad was the first rap song that I sat down and said, I have to memorize every word in this song because it's that important to me because that's how great this song was to me. So, like, early LL had a huge imprint on me, but I I don't think I would have put him in best rapper category. So this is actually fine. This actually makes me feel good that maybe – I am. I, I do know kind of what I'm talking about here with the LL thing. The LL <laughs> thing is not just personal hate. It's a. It's actually an objective um, assessment. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Andre, three thousand at fifteen. Yeah. If, if if we took this six years ago, is he top ten?
0: Oh, man, I don't know. I really don't. Um, I don't think anybody above him, like, outside of Big L, who was a surprise, I don't think anybody above him is wrongly placed. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you think about his influence, being part, being a part of a group is, I think, may have impacted his influence in that way where when you think of top five guys, you think of solo guys. I um, mean, okay. I think he is the only – I mean, Chuck D, but Chuck D was still kind of Mm -hmm. the the only rapper. But out of this list, him and Chuck are the only guys who were... I will
1: not stand for the Flavor (laughs) Flav But out of
0: this, I mean, you could say Cube was a part of a group at at one point, but I think the Cube that everybody is talking about on this is... is, I mean, NWA is a part of that, but I think most of that is his solo career. Yeah. I mean yeah. he's the, really the only guy who was like he was a core he, he was a a part of a group and that, that's that's his catalog. Um he doesn't have really Is a, the a only of catalog. Is
1: the only <laughs> <Richie>? Yes.
0: <laughs> so I think that means, I think I think that's appropriate for him to be at fifteen. Okay. Um I don't I don't necessarily think he should be higher. Um because I do think like he was a part of a group. Um but I do think right. him being one of the few guys who was like a part of a duo a a a multi multiple m c group um just being on the list i think is a is a credit to to his influence
1: Anybody on this list you don't think i mean anybody missing on this list that you were like shocked
0: um,
1: i got one i mean
0: black thought black talk yeah i think yes. Um, is one that comes to my mind when I look at Cam Ryan being on the list. Like Cam, I, I, like I like Cam, but I don't think Cam is one of the top five rappers. I mean, I, I'd go with a Jada Kiss or somebody of that nature over Cam. Yeah. If I'm going from that yeah. era, even a Fatalist, yeah. I would go <laughs> over Cam. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the Black Thought, oh, not even making, I was like, wow, damn, and then yeah. uh, but you said it about the group thing but then he's in the same chuck d thing like he's in a group technically but really he's he's the only rapper in that group um for the most part right so yeah that one mm, that one hurt me i was like damn black like not yeah. even a top 20 like melly yeah. is in here and black okay okay yeah um yeah that, that was the big one for me that shocked me
0: i agree i agree that one that one threw me off a little bit. And I was like, huh, I mean, I guess, but I, I guess, and again, I think you had to hit a sweet spot where all of the people who are um, named either had really high peaks and those peaks lasted, were extended, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, they died in their legends, <laughs> you know, yeah. like Jay, Nas, and M have been, you know, viewed as the top of the rap game for twenty years. So you have those that who were their peers who came up when they came up who saw them that way and then you have everybody who came after them who have seen them that way for the last twenty years. Um and then you have again the same reverence for Big and Pac, you know, where their peers listed them up as, you know, being top tier guys and then that has spanned twenty plus years of them being, you know, name dropped as legends and, and, and folks kind of going into their catalog and, and checking out, you know, and also, you know, that you you really you don't get bad moments with those two because you know everything mm-hmm. is crystallized in amber, you know. So yeah,
1: that's yeah. I think the, the you lack never of fall like off. the the club the lack of the club bangers or like the oh this was a song for the summer of you know two thousand two we all listened to this track not having that, and black get... He just doesn't have that instant, oh, this is to, like, a regular person to yeah, you know what I mean? I agree. Yep. Uh, and that's his... Because I've been to more Roots concerts than I come back, and there's no casual fans at a Roots concert. <laughs> there's no, like, yeah. hey! Yeah, no. They got people who are, like, rapping... To from um, you know the the original uh, album <laughs> B sides and they know every word. You're like, oh, well, okay. Right, the
0: B <laughs> sides from "Do You Want More."
1: it. <laughs> yeah. that's well, uh, beat box, right? Right. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I'm going to wrap us up, man. This has been a dope pod, another dope one uh, for the people out there. Um, hopefully we can get a run of some good stuff now that things, now the world's opening up a little bit. You know, the after-hour spots can open back up, and maybe some of these folks can put out some fire music that people can engage to, you know, and can enjoy uh, while they're out and about during the wee hours of the night. Um, but I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you jumping on with me. I'm, I'm pulling for your Knicks, man. I, there's some moves that they can make. I know they got a good foundation. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. They play this right, they gonna still you're gonna start to see them moving in the right direction. They have a good mix of guys who are entering their prime and young guys who still got room to grow. They got a lot of good pieces yeah. to make some good stuff happen. So even though well, they didn't end the way I going to, it. this time there's some good stuff coming for y'all.
1: Your mouth, your dad's ears, I'm going to go drink this bourbon and um, just commiserate with fellow Nick fans online and start thinking about how we can get, you know, Kawhi to opt out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go straight right, to then, rational. Man. By tomorrow morning, I'll have it all figured out. All right, bro. There you go. All right, bro. Peace.